Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shreparks and Jack Fritz. Oh, what's the point anymore? What's the point anymore? <laughs> kind of on brand for this episode. <laughs> Welcome on in. It's another edition of Clap Your Hands. Uh, Jack Fritz, Elliot Shreparks, as uh, we are here live after a game that was pretty competitive and i was like oh man maybe they will be okay without joel to one quarter one quarter and a half later uh i now wonder if this team is going to make the playoffs what's up elliot yeah i feel like i need i don't know maybe 18 cores lights right now (laughs) i feel like (laughs) it's been a tough stretch yeah one or two won't get it done so and we'll just jump right into it um watching this team reminded me of last year when Jalen Hurts went out for those two games against Dallas and the Jets. and Or not the Jets, Dallas and the Saints. And they lost both games. Were competitive somewhat in Dallas, but against the Saints, it was okay. They clearly, clearly missed Jalen. And although he didn't play, he helped his MVP case. I know Joel is not going to win MVP because of this dumb 65-game rule, and he wouldn't have won it anyway because he's going to miss probably the rest of the season. Um, but... This game, the, this game tonight showed, and really this, the last game as well against the Nets, Joel is the most valuable player in the league. Like It felt like I was watching the 0-1 Sixers without Iverson or the 2022 Eagles without Jalen Hurts. This team has no shot, no shot of doing anything without Joel Embiid. There is, like, and we'll get into the trade deadline, maybe Daryl makes a trade and he lands, you know, I don't know, like LeBron, or, or he gets... Uh, he gets Murray, he gets Bogdan, he gets Andre Drummond. Like maybe he does enough on Thursday where there's hope, but it's currently constructed. If they don't make a massive trade on Thursday, this team is donezo. They got no shot. Tyrese Maxey is not good enough to be the guy. They got no juice. It felt like it felt like no one really looked like they had any life until Turk came in. Like that was it. Like Toby did, wasn't good enough. Maxi looked disinterested. Like, he, I think he had four threes or four attempted threes halfway through the third quarter. Like, that's not going to be good enough. They looked awful. I know it's one game, but you combine the blowout against the Nets, and there's been three games without Joel, and they have looked terrible in two of them. And it's very, very concerning moving forward because Joel is not coming back anytime soon. No. Uh, and obviously, we'll get more into Joel. Uh, but, you know, yeah. as, as tonight goes, it, it's – it felt so processy, except with like some better veterans, but still like it's all the veterans they people wanted him to sign at the time. You yeah, know, like those types of players. The Ish Smith and yep. you know, like those kind of guys that oh I've been a, hey, know how to play the game. 
teach the young, <laughs> yeah, yes, teach exactly the young guys right. how to play. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that's what that's what that's what tonight felt like. And the most disappointing part for me is Maxi, um, yeah, because like this is, and I thought I thought against Utah, I think we were we were together. And I think I said this to you, yeah, like clap your hands tonight. I think I said to you, like, look, he's he's taking the Joel thing personally. Mm-hmm. I didn't see smiling. I, I didn't see. I saw, you know, a bit of a dog mentality. Mm. Um, and then these last two games, and especially tonight, just it's like he wasn't getting the calls going to the rim. And he just said, well, not my night. It's like, well, that's not that's that's not how, that's not how it goes. And it's just it's hard. And it's not Maxie's fault from the standpoint of. It's just hard for a six foot guard to like yeah. have that much of an in- impact. Like, look at like Kyrie is still ridiculous. Like Kyrie can beat you at three point mid range, create yeah. space for himself um, at the rim, and and, and Maxi it still feels like has to get a pick to get to the rim. Doesn't really have a mid range game, and when the three point's not falling, it's just it's just not there. So you know. The most, I guess, exciting part, if if there is an exciting part, which is probably the wrong thing to say. Yeah, I don't think people are feeling excited right now. The most exciting part about Joel going down was supposed to be, okay, let's see what Maxi is. Let's see who Maxi is. And so far, the 51's great. But it's it's that feels more like outlier than what we're going to get on a night-in-night-out basis. And... Tonight was just so disappointing from the standpoint of that's a close game in the third quarter. That's a close game early in the fourth quarter. And it's just he just didn't do anything. Like him and him and Tobias were invisible. And that's a yeah. thirty seven million and we don't have to relitigate every Tobias game. He shot he shot one three tonight. You know, like how in the hell are you in a, a thirty again, he's just he's just the worst. He's just he, he He's got to be the most unreliable, nearly $40 million player in the history of sports. In the history of sports. Well, look, I know how it works. That oh, You always bring up his um his salary when it comes to him. But the one three-pointer is not enough. This is a team that doesn't give get up enough three-pointers. And to get to the Tyrese Maxey thing. Like, there is probably not a player in Philly sports where my opinion sways more back and forth. There are some pods when we record this. And I'm like, he's the guy. He can be the best offensive player. Oh, yeah. I mean, you were, be- you were being ridiculous. I know. I know. I'm all, and, yeah. And, I called and, you out on the radio with the Jalen Brunson thing. I did. And the, yes. the, the texts yesterday about, uh, like, well, I felt like you were leaning in a little hard yesterday to try to make your point, which yeah, is an was, Elliot, which is an Elliot special. Yes. But, it, but I think, I think, I think you kind of echo the sentiments of a lot of people with Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, like I think it goes back and forth because there are games where if he's making his three, he looks like he can be that player. But here's the bottom line. The dude is just not a number one option on a great team, which is which is fine. Like there's he's clearly an NBA player. Like obviously he's an all-star player. He can be a top four player on a championship team. He's not a top two player on a championship team. He's just not. Like if Joel gets taken out of a game and he's obviously not played the last three, he doesn't have it in him to carry the team. He just doesn't. I think he can be the third best player on a legit, legit championship team, or like a 2A if you have another guy like a Murray or something like that, or like a Levine, your boy, if you know, if, if Levine's playing at his best. But I think what is just so concerning is when with Embiid not there, you are seeing that teams can just take Maxi out of it. Like Maxi's finding out what it's like to be the main guy, where the Mavs game plan as Matt with Maxi is the main guy, where the Nets game plan with Maxi is the main guy. And to your point about how it looks like he was just kind of saying, well, my shots are going. It is what it is. I agree. I agree with that. I know he got in foul trouble early. The third foul, little ticky tacky, but he gets taken out of the game almost immediately. He's thrown off almost immediately in the beginning of the game. And I know the team kept it close, but if you look late in the game, like I thought Luca and Kyrie didn't have a great first half to this game. They were in there, like they did some things, but they weren't dominating by any stretch. But when it mattered, like Kyrie took over, Luca made some big shots, by the way. Luca, the like headband thing, it's not needed. Your hair is not long enough, bro. Like it just, you don't need to wear it, in my opinion. It's clearly like as someone that watches a lot of soccer, like it, that's what he's going for. It just doesn't work. So I, I think Luca needs to take the headband off. Just my personal opinion on that. But yeah. thank you. Just wanted to share that because I know a lot of people are probably thinking about that. Yeah, they couldn't. Work. Um, but yeah, like if Tyrese has to be the guy, they're done. They're done. I mean, there's a reason they're what four and eleven now without Embiid, if even that. I think like. 
if if Tyrese, if they don't make a trade on Thursday, they will be in the play-in tournament. And at that point, you really have to debate if bringing Embiid back is even worth it for that. So I think that, like, for, look, losing streaks happen in the NBA. Um, bad games happen back-to-back in the NBA. That's not the alarming part. It's that it's happening without Embiid, and that's happening right before the trade deadline. Like, if, if this team wanted to convince Daryl to reinvest in the roster, they did nothing close to that in these past two games. Like, if I'm Daryl, you know, it's tough to decide what to do because the team you're looking at right now does not look worth investing in unless you're going to trade a bunch of pieces to bring in a bunch of different guys. Yeah, I think I think the my main feeling about the trade deadline is it, it's almost like I'm I am going into it only thinking about next year. So like if you can get pieces, yeah, like I, it, can Maury go into the trade deadline thinking about how he wants to craft next year's roster? Mm-hmm. You know, like can he go in saying, okay, this guy's under contract for a couple of years, like this expiring. Like if you if you trade them all your depth pieces or a majority of your depth pieces, can they get, you know, someone that can help not only this year but also next year as well, and and start thinking in that way, like to really to really think that this is like a, a team that's going to run the second they get Joel back. Well, first off, we don't know when jo- Joel is getting back, um, and when he does come back. It's likely he's gonna have to play his way into shape. Uh, you know, he's got a he's got a knee surgery yeah. that he's that he's coming back from. Like to expect him to be in playing shape immediately is such a it's a it's a reach. Now, Joel's a uh, an unbelievable athlete, so maybe he could. But we've also seen what happens when he gets out of conditioning for a little bit. So, um, you know, and at that point, they're what the seven seed. Eight seed. Yeah, look, I mean, look, it's over. Like, it's over. I don't know what to say. Like, I like post-game pods are emotional pods. And I just want to, like, pop off really quick on this. what people in the chat are saying. Talking about Tyrese Maxey. Like, he's only 23. My guy Jake is in the chat. Not a number one on the title team yet. Good experience for him. Uh, what kind of Sixers fan says this? Guys, we have to stop treating Tyrese Maxey with kid gloves. Like, I get he's 23, but this is, what, his fourth year in the league, if I'm not mistaken? And I know he didn't play a ton. He's an all-star. Like, saying he's 23, I get that he deserves, like, a little bit more time to grow, obviously. But he's an all-star that is supposed to be getting a max contract this offseason. This idea of it's always just fun with Max. Like, no one ever wants to criticize Maxi. He had bad playoff performances last year. He was non-existent in the playoffs year they lost to the, to the Hawks. I know he was a rookie at that point, but he was not an impact player. He was a first-round pick. He hasn't had great playoffs, if we're being completely honest. And when the team has needed him, he came up super small. Like, it is what it is. Like, I hate this whole thing where it's like, oh, he smiles. He's a great kid. Like, yes, that's all true. He seems like an awesome guy. You know who else is an awesome guy? Players we rip all the time. Joel, awesome guy. I don't see anybody hesitant to rip him. It really sounds like Jalen Hurts. When people are like, well, he's only 25. He's the franchise quarterback. We can't just do that he's 25 anymore. Tyrese Maxey might be young. It does not matter. He's supposed to step up and be the guy right now. This is someone that people are saying not to trade for Dame. Well, look, this is what happened. You didn't trade him for Dame, and now I'm just saying what people said. I believe you also said that. Yeah, I also said that, of course. But I'm saying, like, if, if we're not going to trade him for Dame, then he's got to step up. Like, I don't care how young he is. I don't care that he needs time to develop. They need him now. Like, he's going to be a max player this offseason. He's already an all-star. No more of this not criticizing Tyree, uh, Tyrese Maxey. They need him to be better than he is. He's supposed to be the number two guy on a championship team. He's not playing like it. Like, it is what it is. Like, we we can't just, you know, pull the he's young card for him all the time. He needs to be criticized for this. He was not good enough. It's good to see accountability, accountability short park. Is that what we bring? The, the chat we bring. tonight. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, the- you disagree? Like, it's absurd. Like, no one ever rips this guy. He he was awful tonight. He was awful against the Nets. He, they need him to step up with the guess- Like. Would, would Jalen Brown but what are you get expecting? This way? Like, what are you expecting? I, mean, was, I was expecting something better than what he's given. Like, like I, I, I was. He's an all-star. He's an elite three-point shooter. I thought he'd improve going to the rim this year. It felt like he was more of that guy. You said it. You said it looks like he's embracing this. And I agree with you. It looked like it against the Jazz. But the last two games, it certainly hasn't. No, and and tonight was tonight was very disappointing. Tonight, tonight was a close game in the third. You're going against Kyrie, who, like, similar size. And, and I'm sure that Tyrese mm-hmm. watched – Kyrie growing up, I don't know how he couldn't um, being that size, and I, I kind of just thought he folded. So, um, you know, the thing about Maxi is, and the thing about you know, because people will bring up age and and he's twenty. How much better is he really gonna get? 
like I mean, how much like he's I, I feel like we're getting pretty close to the Tyrese Maxey ceiling. You know, it's like, interesting. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, a, it's the same thing with Jalen, you know, like how much better can Jalen really get? Or mm-hmm. like you kind of eventually are what you are. I mean, 23 is not young, really, in NBA standards. Like, you know, I agree. 20, like, you know, the guys that are difference makers at 23. And I, it's just Tyrese is good. It, it's just, I think, to put the expectation like he can be that guy. He's an all-star because of Joel Embiid. Like yep. he's he's all that because of Joel Embiid's a guy. He can be a two B. He can be a, a high end three if you get the right number two. But I, I just think that it's almost putting too much unfair expectations on a on a kid just because we want to. You know, well, so, just, all right. just because John, like he, he's yeah. going to get the contract or whatever. Like yeah, well, you know. uh, it. Th- whether it's fair or not, like it's the reality. He he has to be this team's second best player. And really, he has to be their, their top player right now. John in the chat is saying he can't score 51 every night. Top five players don't even do that. Like, I'm not saying score 51. I'm saying score more than 15. I'm saying take more than four three-pointers. It, like, basically, I don't know what he finished with, but midway through the third, he had about four three-pointers. It's not good enough. Like, it, it doesn't have to be 51. It doesn't have to be 40. It doesn't have to be 35. It has to be more than 15. Like the thing we criticized Ben about when when Joel when Joel was out when he was still here was that he couldn't carry the offense and it's just two games but their record without Joel is abysmal. Like what other team would we say has a legitimate duo? I mean, there's times we've talked about them as the best duo in the NBA, or at least I know I have, which certainly is reactionary, but whatever. Like there there are times we've talked about them as the best duo in the NBA. What other duo when you take one away is the other one basically not expected to carry the team? Can you think of a, a single other one? It's not the case in Boston. It's not the case in Dallas. It's not the case in Denver. Um, I mean, Phoenix, definitely not. Those guys get criticized. Tyrese is the only one where it's like, well, he can't score 51. No one expects him to score 51. You have to score more than 15. And moving forward, if we want to do that right now, like Maury has to ask himself, is this team worth investing in? Is it? Because I was in the camp of get maxi help. You can't take the season. Maybe that's still the case, but they need a lot of help. Like they don't need just one guy. They need, they need, either the guy that's going to be better than Maxi, or they need like two or three pieces around Maxi, Because as constructed these last two games, they are not going to go far. Well, I, the, the two or three guys seems insane at this point. Like Role players, you, but yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's role players, but you already have a team of role players, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, are you going to trade away your role players for other role players? Like, sure, if you, <laughs> if you can go get a shooter, that's fine. Um, but like... If LeBron's available, are you are you still going and getting LeBron? Right. Well, you know, it's your guy. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, that was, you know. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It, it, I guess the the Embiid thing was really deflating from the standpoint of, okay, so let's say worst case is he misses a month and a half, then it's like, do I really expect? And by the way, like the Sixers might be a, 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 a seven, eight, nine seed. They legit by that point. And I mean, like, the good news is the teams behind them aren't that great. But you're right, like their own record is not going to be very good. So, so um, and by the way. At one at what point, and I I fought against this and I fought against it, but I don't know how much I, I don't know if I feel like fighting against it anymore. Mm-hmm. At what point do you just cut your losses and shut them down for the year, and say, Indeed. yeah, 
Like, like, let's say it's a, you're two weeks out or whatever, and he's still, you know, fighting to get back, and you're you're a seven seven eight seed. Like, you're you're gonna rush your franchise player to get back on the court just to probably lose to the Celtics or Bucks. Like, right. I don't know if that's smart strategy either. Like, I, at that point, I'd probably just sit him for the year and take the Kendrick Perkins route of make sure he's good to go next year, which I hate. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I I hate the idea of of going to next year because it's like. What's really going to change? Because he, he's probably going to get banged up at some point next year. Like I, I, I hate having to keep pushing and, and kicking the can down the road. But it, at some point, you've got to be smart about your players. And is it smart to really rush them back out there? Um, if, if 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 it's you're facing the Bucks or the Celtics in round one, like it's just no. cut your losses. <laughs> no, I mean, and I think on one hand, the Embiid conversation is an interesting one because we talk about it almost in like a non-medical sense. Like, you know, and I, I do it as well. Excuse me. Like, all right, well, they would have no shot against the Bucks, so why bring him back? I think the reality is if he's 100%, like if he is ready to play, you bring him back no matter what the situation but, but is. But he's not going to be 100%. Like, Well, that's what I'm, so if he's not, then I would not. Like, like if they were the four seed, and like let's say they trade for Murray and they're playing well and like they have, like, okay, then bring him back if he's 75%. I get that. But if they're playing as a 9-10 seed in the play-in tournament, or if they are, are going to be the the 8 seed against the, the Celtics, then no, you don't bring him back, back if he's not 100%, because then you could undo all the good you've done by sitting him for all this time. The real question is, like, do you think he's going to be back? Uh I think he's gonna do. I think he's gonna try to push and and, and try so? to get on the court, just because I, I I feel like he will want to shed the injury prone label. And I think even if it's 85%, 90%, he's going to go out there and, and give it what he's got, because I think that's kind of mm-hmm. how Joel is. Like, I don't think he, I don't think he loves the, the, and I wouldn't either. It would drive me nuts, but like the truth is the truth. But like the, the narrative of, of him being hurt all the time, you know, I think that would drive me nuts. And I think yeah. he will, will do whatever it takes. Like, I, I, I still think that's why I played in, in golden state. I think it was the 65 game thing. And I do believe the the stories about him, you know, and being annoyed that people were kind of calling him out for, for ducking Jokic. Um, so I, I think he's very concerned about that stuff. So I think late in the year, yeah, I, I would I, I would expect him to be out there, even if it's not 100%. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we kind of know how that's gone the last couple of years. Yeah, it's an interesting one to, to tie it to the playoffs because I agree with you. I think that he... He will not want to have suffered a season ending injury. Like he is someone that certainly like is aware of the narrative around him. Obviously to your point, I think he definitely cares about it. I think he definitely thinks about it. So I think he'll want to come back, uh, you know, and show that like all this rehab and all that worked. And I'm sure he will, will work really hard to get back, but you're right. That if, if they're in a situation, like someone needs to be the adult in the room and say to him, nah, man, like you got to sit this out until, until the end, until next season. Because with how this is looking, it you know, I mean, this is being dramatic. It's a post-game pod. I'm allowed to, to be dramatic. Like, I think that the team tonight, like, had end-of-Eagles, end-of-season Eagles vibes. Like, almost a feeling of, man, we just don't have it. Like, our guy's not here. Like, this this is it. Now, the Eagles had their guy. But everyone, except for me, was aware that this Eagles season was sinking. And I felt like I, I fought on it. With the Sixers, I, I'm looking at it tonight, and it just it feels like, there's no fight there without Joel. Like they, they know they're not good enough. Well, and the thing is, is that it's just they have so many like not guys in, in yeah. these games, and they get really exposed. Like there was a point, I believe, in the second quarter, or maybe in the third quarter, where I think two out of three possessions ended in a Daniel House uh, heave yep. before the shot clock. It's like that's who, who's that for? That's not for anyone. No one needs to see that. That's 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 not going to work. Like Paul Reed, I, I told you, I told you, the thirty points against the Nuggets was the worst thing that could have happened to the Thank worse you, than the Embiid injury. Your new is, co-host is, is, is Paul Reed scoring thirty points because it's just he's he's got no offensive game. Like it's got to mm-hmm. be one of the biggest aberrations in in the history of basketball. Is is Paul Reed scoring thirty points in an NBA game against the Nuggets? It's, it's especially it's on like mid range jumpers. Yeah, like just was like looked like took Elton Brand. I took a when, few when, today. When Elton Brand, you know, used to just be money from the mid range. That's what yes. Paul Reed looked like for one night. And I actually I'm, and took I'm, a yoga class with Elton Brand before. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie Fun little Lucid story. Um, like Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba can't play. Like, no, he's terrible. There's so many. Like th- these guys just get exposed when when Embiid's not there, and especially the Paul Reeds and Mo Bamba's of the world who are forced into playing more. Like that's not. Mm-hmm. That's like if JT went down and it's Garrett Stubbs every day. Like that's. I was saying that same thing to Kristen as I was watching the game. Uh, it's 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 a perfect comp. It's a perfect yeah. comp. I I will say, I will say. I just continue to watch Jaden Springer, and I'm fighting the urge to sell high the deadline. Like you want to talk about the? Maxi? I would sell high on the deadline. I would sell high. <laughs> you, yeah. The maxi fluctuation. Yeah. Of like in or out, in or out. Like sometimes I watch Jaden Springer. I'm like can't play, and then. You know, like tonight, it's he's locking down Luca for an entire quarter. He's shooting all the time. I just feel like, like he's like a poor man's Marcus Smart. But like two years from now, like is <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, true. Is he is he a legit? Yeah. Or will one of these young teams be interested in taking him on and, as like a project? And and maybe they think he can. T- but there's something there. There's something there with with Jaden Springer. I don't know. Like it's it's again probably two years away, but there's something there with Jaden Springer. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he it's funny to say this after Max, he's in a different situation. Like he is young for what it's worth. I mean, so so we'll see. I I don't think to your point, it was you know I was I was obviously watching the game tonight and I was looking at Twitter and everyone's like the, the Jaden Springer game like that. Then I look at the box score. I'm like he had six points. So I don't know how high you're selling on him, but you are right that he has I think looked better. He certainly looked good tonight. And have it happen right before the trade deadline. Oh yeah, uh, I thought him getting ideal. second second quarter minutes was a, sh- a showcase, a bit of a yeah, showcase. it was a showcase. Well, by the way, also there was a report that the Mavs are looking for a tall, sw- like a tall stretch four, and I was thinking Toby, like this is your chance, like the tryout, and uh, I don't know what well, he finished with, but it wasn't good enough. I mean, would there be? I mean, just, talk about just a beautiful, like a, a combination of just beautiful things that could happen to one basketball team. I mean, the Pistons being interested in Toby and yeah. also working on possibly completing a Levine trade. I mean, Toby and Levine in Detroit. It's like it sounds like the basketball. two people you yeah, the two players you hate the most. <laughs> just like, yeah, two the two of the worst like, contracts in uh in the NBA. Like just move the Pistons. There's just like I I know they just made Little Caesars Arena, right? Just, yeah. just you ever just, had Little Caesars? No, no, it's good. So. Looks good on the commercials. I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. it is. I'm. They do it where you walk in and you just like pick like you don't pre-order. I think you can, but they just make a bunch of them. You just walk in and pick it up. Just a little fun fact about. Yeah, well, a little. Listen, yeah. I think if I was the Pistons, I would just try to maybe go back to the Palace at Auburn Hills or or something like mm-hmm. just just restart this the. Rather than wasting your money, like wasting your money on Levine and, and Toby, just don't, you know, like I, well, know, I don't I know get is, and we're turning into burn. a business pod, but like, why wouldn't you just make the trade anyway this year? Like they're not competing. I get that he's having surgery, but it seems like it's a pretty standard surgery on his foot. If you're the Pistons, why not just do it anyway right now? Yeah, I don't know. They might. Maybe. Right. <laughs> Two, one, five. Well, here's, here's what I don't get. Whatever the Detroit area code is. Here's what I don't get. Yeah. How does someone with a broken foot or whatever he has, like, it, how does he pass the physical? It, it, the, the passing the physical stuff. I think you have to accept he wouldn't. It's the most nonsense thing of all time. Teams can make guys pass physicals or not. Yes, like it's, I it's, agree. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, but back to the Sixers and 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 no more uh, this fun business, team. No more business talk. Up, I promise. Um, like, we'll see at the deadline how. Like it, how they approach the deadline will tell us almost everything we need to know about how they feel about Joel. Mm-hmm. Like if they feel Joel's closer to, because I don't know if we'll get an update on like the timetable before the trade. Well, you want to talk about you want to do Embiid now, or you want to do trade deadline? Uh, Embiid's fine. Okay, well, go ahead. I, did Embiid? Well, no, I, I'm like we haven't we haven't done a pod since all this came out, like. I think it was you that said this, and I apologize if it's not. It was either you or Jillio. Like, I do think him going for the surgery was was like not only a smart move, but it felt like a mature Embiid move. Like to 
to not go down the rehab path. Now, maybe he just needs surgery. He didn't, he didn't really have a choice. And like that's kind of what I think happened is that they, okay. he had no choice. All right. Well, then I, I, I it was my take. Point. It was my take, but it was okay. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a good one. Like it felt like three years ago, he would have been rehabbing this and we would have been sitting here and, you know, he'd be reevaluated re in two weeks and we'd see him on the court, but he isn't jump like all those things. And it, it felt like going for the surgery was, was the mature, like trying to both win now and later move. Like I, I was, you know, I don't want to say I was happy to hear he was having the surgery. Cause obviously the best part, the best news would be if he was just playing and he was fine. But for him going for the surgery, like we'll see how long he's out. I'm gu guess we'll get the information in the next day or two. But I was I was happy he went for the surgery, uh, both for this season and the future. Yeah, I just you know, and I've never heard of a flap on your. <laughs> I know. On I your know. Let's get or whatever. Dude, the Twitter doctors, I both love it and I hate them. Like on one hand, I hate them because I scroll and I get like 18 different opinions. Yeah. On the other hand, I love it because I do. I do feel more informed like and they are doctors so i guess they know what they're talking about but well, i learned more we, about the knee than i than i need to can we very well yeah we've learned enough about injuries with the sex yes by the way <laughs> quick uh quick uh tangent go for it when people say the sentence uh your best ability is availability do mm -hmm. they think that the, it's just whoa well you know i used to say that chip. whoa i think chip used to say that I'm sure he did. I mean, yeah, Chip and Joe beat people beat, beat, beat up little people. That's, that's yeah, that was yeah. one of his. Uh, you know, can't make the club in the tub. You know, this is another you know. good one, another football guy one. Oh, is there a baseball know. version of that, or is that a baseball? Can that be baseball too? Uh, I mean, the best ability, the best ability is availability. Feels like a, a universal sports one. Yeah, um, you know, it's it, it's it's great for that. It's just you know because obviously we, you and I, and a lot of well. A good amount of people listen to callers a lot and it's just like yeah. I, three times a show about a beat it's like well, hey you know yeah. what to say the best ability is available Ooh, really no way well, how was crazy. uh how was your day talking to me today i was fine it was funny like the twitter reaction was obviously not positive i will say though i well, got say what the question was for those that might not know uh would you explore trading joel and beat this offseason yeah um and it sucks but i'm there the it's a 10% increase from the AJ Brown uh trade. So nice. the AJ Brown trade was 15% said yes, which is low. Yeah. And then the Embiid one today was 26%. So we're, we're we're moving we're getting closer on these fake trades. Well, we did uh, have someone in the chat say, "Jack, would you trade Embiid for Patrick Sertan?" So that was a good one. That, that was good well done. Well, um but the Embiid thing um wait uh hold on. I forget what I was going to say. Oh, well. You're talking All about right. the reaction from the callers and crazy. Oh, the reaction from the callers. Yeah, the call, it was funny because on the phones, it was probably like 50-50, you mm -hmm. know? And then on social on Twitter, it was not 50-50. Ah, yeah. So I thought I did. I did listen. It was a good show, as always. You've been crushing it. Um, My thing on the in the Embiid trading thing is, and, you know, obviously with the surgery going on, like I kind of agree with you in the way that it just feels like Embiid's net. I think you put it perfectly. Like, is Embiid, is Embiid someone you'd bet on going, going into the playoffs? I think he's a great player. I think he's the best player in the league when healthy. I think he has proven quite a bit in his time. But, man, like, it just feels like this is where it's always going to go. And that's very frustrating. Because mm -hmm. over the last year, I've definitely changed my opinion on Embiid. Like, I used to be a pure guard, bucket boy. He's a center, blah, blah, blah. But Embiid became the best scorer in the league. And it's just tough to watch like this happen again. And I hear some Sixers fans like, well, this is what always going to happen. Like this is what the team always is. Like it's a fluke thing. Like he's hurt. Like it is what it is, but, and trading him is tough because I don't know what you would trade for him. I did think of one hypothetical, but I don't know if it would make sense. Like, would you do Embiid for Ant and, uh, and Kat? Well, I, I would do anything to have Anthony Edwards on my basketball team. So, yeah. Uh, probably. Um, there, but the, again, the problem with trading Embiid and beat and why why I kind of uh, threw it out as explore, right? Because I'm not saying like you gotta get rid. It's over. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Like You'll get him out of town. Him. Yeah, like, I like the I, Howard Howard uh, impression coming out. Well, it's like because that's not how I feel. Like I, mm -hmm. it, it's it's a couple things. Like I love Joel. I think Joel's a great player. It, it's just. It's every year. So, you know, at some point, I just, you, you can't take it anymore. And it's like, do I really think that in his 30s, it's all of a sudden like, 
there it is. He's 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 gonna be fine. He's gonna play all the time. So it it's why it was like I explore is more seeing what you can get and like if the right trades out there, be prepared to to say yes yeah. and and see if you can get it done. Like, but again, the problem is like what's the right trade? Like I could say right. Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and three first round picks from the Nets. Is that enough? And well, Probably. why would the Nets do that? Well, because you like Mikel Bridges is a good player, but you get a, a, a legit superstar. Well, but I think that's a tough thing is whoever's trading for Embiid has to feel they can win the title that year. Like right, I actually well, think it's it's why the Knicks trade never works because it's like yeah, you want Embiid to play with Ananobi and Brunson. exactly yeah. Well, like so let's, let's talk about the Suns. Like let's say the Suns are willing to trade Devin Booker. Sixers get a young player. The Suns pair Joel with KD and Bradley Beal next season, obviously not now. Like, I think there's some logic to that. I think what it really comes down to just from a Sixers perspective is, do you want to try to sell high on Embiid when this has now happened again? Or are you going to roll with them for another year? And if you roll with them for another year, then another question is, do you trade Maxi? Like, or do you roll with Maxi again? Like, that's a tough thing about Embiid missing half this year and potentially the rest of the year is, are they just going to run it back? Like, I know they're going to have cap space. So you try to bring in another big time star. But if you go in again with the plan being Embiid is the main person on the offense, I don't know. It feels like setting up for failure in a way. And this is coming from a guy that's believed in the Sixers probably more than anybody else in the city. I've defended them more than anyone on WIP. But like, it does feel a little, like you said, like Groundhog's Day. Like, here we are again. And I just, I don't know what the solution is other than trade them. I just like I would like for I, I would like for it to be pointed out that the Sixers losing game six and seven did not break Elliot Shore Parks. It did not. And no, losing a February fifth game to the Mavericks is yeah. That was it. That was the that was the, that was that was the end for me. Yeah, that's that's when you knew it was over for the Sixers. Yeah. Is is this day February fifth? But yeah, it's just it, it's an annoying spot to be in. It's because he's he's an all time great. He's yeah. a Hall of Famer, and it, it comes down to: Do you want to just ride it out and and take your chances, or like you know? And that's fine if you want to do that. Like it's it's it, it. You just have to stomach never getting anything for him. Um, mm-hmm. Now I think his contract's only till what he's thirty two, so it's not like the end of the world. Yeah, like, it's not much longer. So if if things aren't going well at that point, then he can probably pretty easily you know, move on. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not a fun conversation to have because no. obviously wherever he goes, he, there probably would be someone else there and he's probably going to want to go there and they might have a better chance at, at, at kind of at winning a title. Uh, it's Man. just, I know. And, it, and it's a gamble. Like that, I had so much hope like two weeks ago. Of course. He scored <laughs> it feels 70. like it all created. He scored 72 Mondays ago. Like, I know <laughs> it feels like it all cratered. In the last, think about this. In the last two weeks, we've had a player score 70 and 51. And now we're talking about trading them both. Like, obviously, that's reactionary. But still, just to think of where this has come and how quickly things have changed. Yeah. And and the the reality is he's probably never going to ask out. So the only way he's really going to get moved is if he asks asks out. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just... It's time to start having that conversation. Like he, he for the fifth straight postseason, it's like he's banged yeah. up again. It's like how I can't believe we're here. I can believe it. I can, but it's just like why? Why is it? I agree. And I, I've talked about it. I, I, I fought back against it with the whole you know process karma thing. But that's I normal. don't believe in that. That's, I know you why? do, but it's, I just it's hard not. To. What do you think the basketball gods are punishing? Yes. I'm like, if, if you want to tell me the one thing, I will say maybe the process people got right. Maybe is that I think Embiid starting like three or four years of his NBA career, really three. He was on the bench for two of them, so he didn't play. But three, maybe four years of not being expected to seriously compete, like maybe that did kind of teach him or like take a little bit of the fire out from him. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's played through a lot. They've won a lot of games, like all those things. So I don't believe with like the karma of it. But I do think there's always going to be a ton of baggage when Joel is here. So to your point, like, Maybe it's not the basketball gods, but when they trade Joel, that's when it'll feel like the process is over. Until then, it will feel like they're carrying the the, uh, the baggage of that. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> this is, if if they ever move them, it's over. I mean, the, right. the process is, and everyone can can relitigate it and then and, and talk about it all they want. Like it's it's mm-hmm. fine. It's over. It'll be fine. Um, I'm sure. Well, you have the guy oh, to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be a great time. It's gonna be a great time. Yeah. But um, 
But yeah, I just I, to be here again and just having this feeling like, is it ever? Like, I think that's the main question every one of us has, has really asked themselves last ever since the beat. You know, he went down, and we, whether you watched it live or woke up the next morning, like mm-hmm. the main prevailing thought is, is this ever going to work here? Like, is it yeah. ever going to work here? And and to be here again for I don't know again like the third straight year really like the twenty twenty one Hawk series to now it's like I just I I don't know and, and at what point do you just cut your losses and say let's just start over like, there's something yeah. interesting about starting over like there's it's something, exciting of course of course <laughs> it's 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 yeah. like getting out it's it's getting out of a breakup and and you know getting back out there and seeing what you got like you know you draft picks started, and college yeah. basketball and oh man like you know looking at the future stars that they can go get i mean well, it's funny is when it's we started exciting. the pod, it was we're here to save the Sixers. Maybe we just didn't know the way we were saving them. It wasn't right. the winning. It was it's time to blow this thing up. Man, I love a I love a good reactionary post game. Well, and I just I, I think I think people go a little too far where it's like, oh, the, uh, the second trade be like you're in the doldrums of the sport. Like, no, I don't no, they I don't think that's true. I mean, well, if Maxi's legit, then you're not. Yeah. You How many can, other you teams can... with another all star we say are in the doldrums? No, I know. It, and it's and it's. You know, it, like I was always of the mindset of you have to be at the top of the draft to get a difference maker. Well, look at some of the best players in basketball. You know, like Jokic was a second rounder. Mm, um, pains me to have you say him first. I, I, I know. Uh, Giannis yeah. was what 15, 14 in that draft. Like there, there has been there have been great players in the last couple of years that have not been drafted. You know, in the top five. So you can find talent all over. You just yeah. have to be able to, to to be able to find it. And like they had a run there. Where they and this is gonna this is maybe just to appease to our producer James Jackson, where they if they just drafted Nova kids, they're probably the best, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The best team in basketball. Yeah, like, no, right in their own backyard. Like if if you just drafted those guys after you got Embiid, like they're they're probably the best team. I mean Brunson, DiVincenzo, mm-hmm. Cam Whitmore, Mikael Bridges, Sadiq Bay, like <laughs> they, yeah, they, like Josh Hart, Josh Hart, yeah, like all these guys. If you just did that, but they've been like one of the most under talked about things. Everyone rips Howie, right? Like for for oh, is he, he's not a good drafter, yada yada yada. You know, mm-hmm. like the Sixers aren't good drafters either. No, they haven't had. Yeah, I mean Max picks. is a good one, but Max is a good one. I get it, but there's like they, they there's just nothing else. I mean, there's nothing else. You know, if they could have if the if the Sixers could have taken the Georgia model and only drafted. Nova kids like the, yeah. the Eagles only draft Georgia kids. Yes, well, the Georgia Six. kids feel like they might not be any good, unfortunately. Exactly, but. exactly. But for some reason, the Nova kids could have had that, and it's just yes. sickening that that we don't because not Temple right or uh, Bloomsburg. No, 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 no. I'm the only Husky. I'm, I'm... <laughs> the only big, biggest Husky in Philly sports, right here. Yep, yeah, biggest and only. Oh um, man, I had an Embiid point. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. So okay. to your point about if they trade Embiid things could turn like it's not going to take forever to turn around this is going to be ironic coming from me you'll appreciate this but like let's not act like they've been in the finals every year <laughs> like like they have been a successful team they've been more they i i think i've made the point that they've been very successful one of the most successful teams in the league over the last six years seven years whatever but they are just getting bounced in the second round every year so while while, while people will say well if you trade and beat you have to rebuild your best chance to win a title with is and beat They've had a, a lot of chances to win with Embiid, and they have they have not done it. They have been one seeds. They have been up in seven game series in the second round. They've had game seven at home. Like they've had them in the year he won MVP. They've had them healthy. They've had them not healthy. Like it hasn't happened with Embiid. So while I agree, obviously if you trade Embiid, it's a step back, and you have to figure out what you're doing, and you have to obviously hit on draft picks and all those things. It's not like they're in the finals every year. They have a chance. They do, and they they're good enough to have that chance. But they are not a team that has consistently been at, obviously out of the second round that you can like break up this this winning core that that has won so much and they have to an extent. But they have to get they they uh they uh they they are a team that is is not above breaking up. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. No, they're not. Yeah. Uh, who are we breaking up? Toby's on the last year of a deal and then Maxie's going to be here. Like, it, Man, this, the, this pod turned negative very quickly. Well, it's just so funny. I, I'm trying to think. I think Paul Reed. I'm trying to think. The three players that are under contract next year, one of them is like... Springer, Embiid. <laughs> and Paul Reed. Uh, and Paul Reed, yeah. That's so a, I did put together a list of guys I think they should target at the trade deadline. I don't know. Uh, if you feel like hearing that, it? Do you still want it? To, do you still want well, that? Or no? I mean, I'll view the list a little differently now. So, so here's my current opinion on the trade deadline. If you can go out and get a Lori Markinen, uh, a Deontay, a De- is it Dejounte Murray? I know I see too many DeJounte people. Murray. DeJounte, DeJounte Murray. Dejounte Murray. Demar Derozan's an interesting one, free agent, but like. Those type of guys, I think, have a chance to come in and legitimately, legitimately make a difference. Laurie Markkinen can be, I think, close to the number one guy on offense, if not at least good enough to help Tyrese Maxey. Obviously, we know what Murray is. He's an all-star caliber player. I feel like he's killing it tonight. I've seen some tweets about him having a big game. Like I would trade big-time assets to get Murray because these are guys that also beyond this year can be part of the team, and they complement Embiid. DeMar DeRozan what, what, what are you trading big-time assets for DeJounte Murray for? Because he's... Well, why wouldn't you? What's your issue? Like, is there any player you like? You don't like Levine. You don't like Murray. Like, who other than Ant? And they're not going to get Ant. Like, who would who who would you trade for? Because Murray is young. He can handle the ball. He's having good years shooting it. He he's carried somewhat the responsibility of being the number one guy. He can explode for big time games. Like, I I I think Murray would be. I mean, he got traded. I think for three first round picks from the Spurs. Like, he is a player that has been proven has high high value in the league. This guy James is saying Murray's a fraud. What is Murray's not a fraud. Like he has bad teammates in Atlanta. I know Trey uh, Trey Young's a little similar to Maxi, but ideally you'll have him beat at one point. So Murray is someone I would trade. Uh, I would trade big time assets for, even with the current uh, situation. Yeah, I mean having Dejounte Murray be like fun. I just big time assets is a bit of a stretch for me when it comes to like I, I would I'd rather just save that for the off season and see mm-hmm. what becomes but just available. do it now. Like I don't get the difference between doing it in the off season now. I guess maybe you well, hope you don't someone know. else becomes available, but Yeah, exactly. You don't know who's gonna become available. And I I, I don't think he's such a I gotta get him now guy that I that it takes me out of the running for things that, that could come available this off season. Mm-hmm. Marketing's marketing's interesting from the standpoint of like is it we've never really seen you haven't really seen him bead with a true stretch four Horford. like him. Um, what did you say? I said Horford, but oh Horford, yeah. yeah. Well, he was more of a backup center. A five, like, besides yeah. Muscala, you know, right, right. Like Muscala, um, Mark and I'd be much more interested in. Like if you could do, if you could find a way to do like Markin and and Jordan Clarkson. Um, Jordan Clarkson is on my list as well. I think he would be perfect. Like he's oh almost like a, a Lou Williams vibe of like off the bench heat check every time he has the ball like could come in in a playoff game and give you like a surprising 20 18 like 18 or 20 points to help you like i'm all in on jordan clarkson and beyond this year he he's still under contract so on a good and deal they need, too. They, need so they need someone like that like they need yeah. they need him, like guy like him a guy like uh the the hawks bogdanovich um you know these guys that can just come in and and fill it up and mm-hmm. they just have not they've they've got all the length they've got the defensive guys they've got some three and D options, but they don't have a guy you can just throw besides Maxi on most nights. Well, Maxi's th- kind of the guy that ideally is like that scorch earth score type of guy, not yeah, the, off the run off the, the whole offense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I now in a perfect world. He's a six. Yeah. man, But uh, that's not the case here. Who else is on your list? 
All right, so those are like my difference makers. So DeMar DeRozan, actually, let's talk about him quickly. Oh, finally. There was a report they'd be willing to trade a first-round pick. So now, I don't know if they, they, probably me, wouldn't, they probably wouldn't do that anymore, right, with with the NBA news? I guess. Like, maybe that, that would change things. But DeMar but do would you really want to waste a first-round pick on trading for DeMar DeRozan? No, I don't think it's a good use of a resource. I agree. Like, he's going to be a free agent. He's old. He's having a down year. The only benefit of him is if you can trade, like, I don't know, Marcus Morris and two second round picks or something. I do think he comes in and alleviates some pressure off of Maxi. Like mm-hmm. he is someone that can come in. He'll score mid range jumper guy. Doesn't take a lot of threes. I think he's up to almost three a game this oh. year. I know. Well, look, the Sixers don't take threes, So he'll fit in perfectly. Perfect. Um, I just think he brings like a veteran score presence that they could use. And again, Embiid could in theory be back like he could. And then he alleviates the pressure off of him too. And that's another part of this is if they actually think Embiid's going to be back, to your point about wait for the deadline, if if they think Embiid's gonna be back with like ten games to go, Murray alleviates the pressure on Embiid when he comes back. Like Laurie Marketing alleviates the pressure on Embiid. If you don't do anything of of substance at the deadline, not only will Embiid comes comes back, will he be playing in like a play-in game, but he'll also be expected to come in and completely change everything and turn it all around. So the benefit of those three guys, in my opinion, is it alleviates pressure off of Embiid and Maxi in the short term, but in the long term, Embiid. Well, I, I I think the best way I can put this is that like I I think Murray and and Markinen are are long shots. Mm-hmm. We'll know. Like I feel like Demar Derozan is the litmus test for how much do they believe Embiid is going to be ready to go. Like how much do they believe that this yeah. this is a four week injury that he can start playing again in like six. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if they go get a Derozan and you're giving up a real asset. First round picks a pretty real asset. Um, that means you think that Embiid's going to play again this year, and that he's going to be pretty healthy in doing that. Um, so, like i I think I think DeRozan gets. Uh, it's. It, I'm sorry to keep bringing up baseball, okay. but it's well, kind of it's it's kind of it's like how I who, I see the world through the Eagles. You see the world through baseball. It's just how we do it, things. It's kind of like the people that you know, rail against batting average and how it's, oh, it doesn't mm. matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Um, DeMar DeRozan in the postseason with, like, a mid-range game that you can just throw the bas- throw the ball yeah. to and let him go kind of score. I think that's actually something they needed the last couple of years. So I they agree, really 100%. Ha- they haven't really had that guy. Um, yeah. I was much more willing to give a first when Embiid Wasn't might alive. have been back sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I still would do it. And, I, listen, I, I like DeRozan a lot. And he's his his game is not as good as it was a couple of years ago, but a a proven scorer that I think you get him in the mid range, you kind of throw him the ball if Embiid late in the game, put Embiid down teams. low, put the Rosen in the mid range. Just, oh, he's yeah. not hey not afraid to take a last shot. You know, you well, need that. in all seriousness, to that point, I know he ha- doesn't have great playoff. Re- he doesn't have a great playoff record. I feel very confident that Demar Derozan in a big game is at least going to feel confident taking the shot. Like oh, it listen, we're eye tests. The- we're eye tests when it comes I agree. To he passes the eye test. Like Maxi, I feel like could could shrink a little and be. That's you know a four hour conversation. Like, but I think Derozan has that kind of uh, that ability. All right, so I'm gonna throw some other names by you quickly. Stop me if you have like any level of serious interest. All right. Okay. Bruce Bowen on the Raptors. One year left, so he's Bruce a free Brown. agent. Bruce, Bruce Brown. Brown. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bruce. My bad. I always think of uh, Bruce Bowen. Bruce Brown from the Raptors. Love Bruce Brown. Probably not right. the right time to do it. But uh, Buddy Heald. No. No? Okay. The other the other uh, Bogdanovich. Detroit Bogdanovich? The Detroit one, yeah. The one that, with the ball spot that definitely yes. is yeah. <laughs> a winner. Um, yeah. That's another. That's another. Like if it, that 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 shows they think Embiid's gonna be fine, or Embiid might be back. So I, 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 I like watching him play. So I would, I would take that. Yes. Gary Trent Jr. has played with Always. Nick Nurse. In. Always. I. Right, I, Sam, I bet. On, I bet on Gary Trent Jr. every single night. So, Dude, yes. Gary Trent Jr. is is one of those players that it'll be four years from now, and I'll be like, yeah, I would definitely do it. Like I, Always. I'm just convinced he's someone that can come. He could in retire. He could retire. Hundred percent. Hey. Hey, he could probably come in and get <laughs> yes. three threes for you. Um, Alex Caruso, we probably should have talked to him with DeMar. Like, maybe you give up a first and something else of value if you get Caruso and DeMar Rosen, DeMar DeRozan. But people love Caruso. I would do it. I think he has a lot of good qualities. I think he's somewhat overrated now. Like, he's mm-hmm. averaging 10 points. 
He's a good three-point shooter, but doesn't take a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Great defender. Like, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a difference maker. Yeah, and not – I mean, and again, if it's DeRozan and Caruso or someone and Caruso, but, like, just mm-hmm. Caruso, what is what does that change? I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. Now he's signed beyond this year, so there's that yeah. value. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's someone that – if you're looking for a guy for next year, too, he, he makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, then Jordan Clarkson we talked about. Three years, $52 million, so – not terrible money for what he does, but not a short-term kind of kind of deal either. So, so those are the guys I had. Those role players and the three main guys. Do you think they do something? I think, man, it's I I, I wish I had a better read on it. I don't I think really they're do. going to. I don't. Think I don't they're think they're going to do anything. I don't think they're going to do anything. And it yep. it kind of stinks because I was so excited for the. Like I think I think we talked about it on this podcast like maybe a month ago. The only thing that matters is what Maury does to the trade deadline. And mm-hmm. we're heading into the trade deadline on what should have been the biggest of his career because he has the assets, he has the cap space, he has the expiring contracts. And it's like, well, well we're deciding if we wanted to shut the, shut him beat down for the year yep. or give false hope, you know, and maybe trading for a 34-year-old DeRozan, like a first-round pick, and that's fun. Like, if they can find a guy that, that like, I mean, Caruso makes sense. It's just he's so not exciting. Yes. Um, but a guy that that is signed further beyond this year, like Clarkson's a perfect guy, you know, where where that's a guy next year who's coming off the bench and, and you build out the rest of the team, however you want to build out the rest of the team. But, um, you know, it's just I'm, I'm so I'm just so deflated. This like is just, this is without question the saddest pod we've done. Well, because because if there's one thing that we made very clear early in this podcast is that. I'm, I, I love watching role players in the NBA. Like it's 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 the <laughs> now only all their role watch. players are bad. Ubre sucks, by the way. Now, like, of course, I almost does. bought his jersey earlier in the year. Thank God I didn't do that. <laughs> he's always he's always they're all back to who we thought they were. That's Sadly. the issue. Like, and beats back to who we thought he was. Well, Ubre's know. back to who we thought he was. Even Maxi, you know the like, expression. Obviously, like they are, they they thought they are who we thought they were. They're actually yeah. who people tried to tell me they were, which is the <laughs> most upsetting. Except for except except, I think we're still nursemen. We are. Still, yes. Yes. <laughs> not much you can do right now. Yeah. You know, he's playing Ricky Council and and dude, he's and, got some juice. Also, Ricky Council, I think of as being much bigger than he is. Like I, I he's like kind of small and shifty in a way like i'm in on ricky council and turk long term obviously this year they're they're not going to do much but i i they have looked promising when they've come in well i saw turk he made that shot in like a millisecond within you know being yep. in the game and i was like hm, could be a six man exactly <laughs> i mean he's could, basically could. he's kind of like maxi like just in so, terms of like undersized shooter like mm-hmm. tons of confidence like he has maxi qualities exactly right um, it, it putting up huge numbers in the G League, um, but yeah, Good stuff. it's it's been a uh, it's it's frustrating, and we're back yeah. here, and all the all the questions are, are are being answered, and the the relitigation of the Sixers, it's all well. It, guess what? Come crashing back down to earth, buddy. Fun times. If they go trade for Murray, I'll be way more optimistic on the next pod. So Daryl, like, make me op- optimistic again. I've defended this team more than anyone else. Like, go give me something to work with. I got nothing right now. But, like, give me a trade by Thursday and I'll be back in. But if they don't make a trade on Thursday, man, we'll, be, we'll have a lot to talk about on the pod. But it won't be a lot of wins. It'll be, you know, someone, so someone at the beginning of the pod put in the chat that the Phillies signed uh, Bellinger and it threw me off so bad, but if they, yeah. they sign him and the Sixers keep losing, maybe we'll talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Listen, anytime you want, we can talk about Cody Bellinger. Um, Cody Bellinger. Do you, do you think he's a right-handed or a left-handed hitter? So I don't care honestly, but I do think Cody Bellinger, I've always like, he is a perfect example. I, at one point I viewed him as a star and now he's definitely a star. Like I would for sure go get Cody Bellinger. So, but but is he a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter? I'm gonna guess left. It's <laughs> good guess. Is it. he both? Is it like a switch no, hitter? No, okay, he's, all right. He's just a left-handed hitter. Like, why does it matter? Like, I get why it matters because, like, they obviously see the I'm ball just, different coming it out. It doesn't of the matter. Hand. I'm just, I'm just wanting to know. I want to know how deep your Cody Bellinger knowledge. <laughs> I feel like of all the things to ask me about Cody Bellinger, like another one would have been like, who did he play for last year? But like, who did he play? Who did he play for last year? So I wasn't wasn't it the Cubs? Yes. Who'd Trade from the with? Rockies, right? 
No, 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 Damn. no. Who am I thinking? Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. You're thinking of Chris Bryant, I think. I, think I am thinking of Chris Bryant. Yes, yes. So uh, I guess maybe neat. I'm, maybe I'm not as in on Cody Bellinger. You knew, hey, you knew Chris Bryant was on the Rockies, so that's a. That's I did, a, I, I did. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Could have been talking about Nolan Jones, but I don't. Think could have been worse. Well, way. I often do talk about Nolan Jones, so. Yeah, well, hold on. That's Plymouth White Marsh's finest. So. Oh, is it? All right. Yeah, a nice little 2020 year last year. Either way, not to get super off track. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look, we'll be back Thursday. It'll be the trade deadline. Hopefully, they make a major move. <laughs> yes. Clap yes. your hands. You know. Clap your hands. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We'll be back later in the week for LA Shore Parks and Jack Fritz. Uh, this has been Clap Your Hands, presented by Coors Light, uh, if you couldn't tell. And uh, we'll be back later, and hopefully the Sixers don't let us down. But it seems like we're trending that way. Uh, again, Australia's your partner, Jack. This has been another edition of. Uh,